Has it stopped raining? Let me see. No, it's still raining. Okay. I need to get my umbrella before I head out. Otherwise, this is going to be a very, very wet walk. I don't mind the cold, but I do mind water, especially when I'm carrying around <laughs> equipment. Ah, half an hour ago, there was no rain, but I guess it's back on the menu. And that's, of course, totally normal for this time of the year. It is autumn after all. And uh, I, I like the temperature outside, though. It's warmer outside than it is inside the house right now. And let me cross the road here before I get run over. <laughs> and then we'll head for the woods. But this time I won't stray off the, the hardened paths in the woods. Otherwise, it's going to be a muddy affair. And on the second level of my house, I do have carpet. So you really don't want to walk upstairs with your shoes on. That's, by the way, one of those uh, oriental habits that I made my own. Whenever I exit the house and I come back, I take off my shoes and I put on either sandals or um, our slippers. So... <laughs> It's a different pair of footwear for outside and another one for inside. I'm walking past the garage here, which I had to bring my car to the other day because uh, it was leaking gasoline, uh, which of course is a bit alarming, especially if it really starts dripping from the underside of your car. The car is uh, it's about 22 years old now, and uh, I was afraid that it was caused by by rust and that maybe the the entire gasoline tank was uh, was rotten <laughs> so that would would have been the end of the of the car but thankfully here at the, at the garage they were able to uh, diagnose the problem problem very quickly turns out it was a um, like a metal strap that holds the tube uh, in in place between the where you put in the gas and then the tank itself, and that one had broken, and so that was why the tube started to leak. Um, however, I'm still convinced that I uh, that it's time to get rid of the car. Did some calculations. I I barely use the thing, um, so uh, it yeah it will force me to. Um, <laughs> dress up properly when, when it's raining like this and I have to go um, celebrate Mass in one of the parish locations. Um, but that's, you know, very common for people that grew up in the Netherlands. We, we, I went to school for my entire childhood um, all the way up to when I was a student by bike. And so come rain or come shine, you just make sure that you have a good rain raincoat um, sometimes even like special trousers that you put over your regular trousers and thankfully I do have those but it will uh, I think it, it, it's just a matter of time until this car really starts to um, to have problems that that will be more expensive to fix than uh, the car is worth actually the car is not worth anything anymore uh, 22 years old <laughs> it's rusting on all sides still has a good engine but yeah, that's very unlikely that I'm going to be able to find a buyer for the car. So instead, I'll just um, I'll just let them process it. 
that they'll strip the thing for usable um, parts and I don't think that you get much for it, if anything at all, but it doesn't matter. Um, so, let me cross the street here. It's quiet and I like to walk here because you don't have that sound of the cars in the rain. That's always super noisy. Um, but you always in the Netherlands have to look out for bikes because they are silent. And nowadays, a lot of people have um, electrical bikes, which are also silent, of course, but they are so fast. Sometimes they, they even modify them illegally. And so they can go as fast as a, like a motorbike sometimes. And, but you don't hear them coming. So there are um, increasingly risks of... Uh, um, collisions between these electrical bikes and uh, pedestrians like me. I don't have a, an electrical bike, although I've made the calculations. I save about 600 bucks per year if I get rid of my car, and that's without fuel costs. So within two years, I would be able to afford an electrical bike, but I do have a good bike, and I'm relatively healthy, so why not just use my own energy and, uh, and, and then biking even con continues to contribute to my health. Speaking of health, um, <laughs> I made another change that's been um, very hard at the beginning, but I've also noticed incredible um, effects of it, positive effects of it. And that is to, take, to start the day by taking a cold shower, like not just a little cold or tepid, but like ice cold showers. This is something I, I first saw on um, the, the, what is it, weekly vlog of Matt Diavella, who is uh, uh, a YouTuber who started his career as an editor, still does editing as his main job, um, but he also started to create these um, very regular videos about health and, and mental health and, and productivity and that sort of stuff. And then for one month, he subjected himself to cold showers every day and made a vlog about it. And <laughs> he was touting the, the, uh, all the positive effects of taking cold showers for your health. Um, and I'll, I'll get to that in a second. But just seeing someone who like was almost screaming in the beginning when he turned on the faucet and this, this ice cold water was pouring out, um, I, that really never felt like a vocation to me. It was like, hmm, interesting. But yeah, actually, the video itself proves why this is a foolish endeavor. Until, of course, as I've shared before, um, my own situation started to change. Uh, because I discovered that there's this big water boiler in the attic. And by the way, thank you so much for those of you that have sent me suggestions on how to reduce the energy consumption of the thing, or maybe even um, complete it. I did some research. I, I do think I found um, at least an alternative. But, uh, but that's not up to me. I'm just renting the house, of course, so the parish will have to make a decision if this is something they want to do but for my part just calculating that keeping the warm water in that boiler on um, cost me between six and seven euros per day I'm, I'm talking per day with current electricity prices yeah come on that's that's 
an entire um, Disney Disney Plus subscription per day. <laughs> so that was an obvious, that was a no-brainer. Just turn it off um, until there is a good solution. And so the, the, the result, of course, at first I was uh, contemplating using warm water from the water boiler in the kitchen. I just uh, put that in a in a small basin and then use that to wash myself but then I figured you know what that's going to be messy and you're standing there in your in your bathroom there's going to be water splashing all over the place plus how do you rinse your hair for instance after uh, you try to wash it with that warm water you need way too much water than I actually are, am able to prepare with just using the water boiler so I bit the bullet like I'll just shower in cold water after all they say it's healthy. Um, <laughs> so about two weeks ago, I took my first cold shower. And oh, man, it was it was unforgettable and not in a good way. <laughs> I was like, ah, it's so cold. And I immediately stepped out of it and, uh, and, and just stood there looking at the water like, yeah. So now I've 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 set the first step. Now I need to step in again <laughs> so you try to wash yourself without touching the water and then you you quickly step in again and it's the same <sighs> it's the same experience it's so cold and you you i just literally froze in place and you start to shiver all over uh you've got like my entire body was in a cramp my 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 breathing was going like <gasps> oh, it's so cold it's so cold it's so cold <laughs> I'm very glad that I don't have neighbors because they probably would have thought that that I was uh, getting a heart attack or something like that. But I knew that that was just part of the process. You you just have to get through it and get used to it. And um, and so I kind of trust the process because I've heard from uh, people that have integrated this as a regular habit that you can actually you really can train yourself to get used to this. It will never be a pleasant experience, at least not the first, the moment you step into the, the cold water, but very soon your body will start to kick in and compensate and actually start doing, producing all the benefits from this cold water. And so the next day, I did it in a different way. Uh, instead of just stepping into the water right there and then, I, I prepared myself mentally. And... Um, I use a lot of the uh, the mindfulness techniques that I've uh, that I've learned when I was recovering from COVID. And it was part of the therapy um, to get, most uh, specifically to get my my breathing under control. And so the trick was here: just take a few very deep breaths, um, so you're very well oxy, 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 uh, you have oxygen in your in your blood. And then you kind of mentally, you're like, this is going to be cold. You turn on the water. And then I took a few very short breath, breaths, like, like, <sighs> and then I stepped into it fully knowing that it was going to hurt because that's basically it. It's just a, your body kicks into a flight or fight response type of reaction. But this time I was, I was, I knew that it was going to be cold and I also, told myself you are going to keep breathing you're not going to cramp up you're not going to yell <laughs> you keep keep breathing slowly and so the first few seconds was like oh man and then 
Breathe in, breathe out. And I didn't step out of the water this time. And um, so I always start with uh, uh, my, my, I say always, because now I've been doing this for a while. I start with the head and the feet and the wrists. That's basically where a lot of the, those are the warmest parts of your body. And then, and then I step in and the last thing <laughs> I, I confront with the, uh, or bringing in contact with the cold water is my back, which is also the worst. <laughs> that is the coldest moment. But since I, I was, I continued to breathe, and I fully knew that the pain of the cold was part of the experience. Um, I was able to to uh, to stay under in in the cold water for. Um, oh, there's a horse greeting the kids that drive by on their bikes. I think they're heading back from school. Uh, so uh, I was able to, to stay in, in the water for the entire duration, which was about a minute and a half. And then I was like, okay, okay let's get out. But the funny thing is, towards the end, I noticed that my body was starting to get warm, even though I was in, still being sprinkled with this ice-cold water. And I stepped out, you dry yourself... And then you get that tingling sensation where you're actually quite comfortable. And the funny thing is, and this is what I did not expect, for the entire morning, I felt super energized. And I, I felt warm, even though I don't have the heating on right now. And, uh, um, but more importantly, I was feeling alert. It was, a, it was a kind of a brutal shock, but way more effective in... In, in getting the system uh, to work uh, than, than, for instance, coffee. Coffee always takes about half an hour for the effects to, to kick in. And then I often have to take more than one cup of coffee. Um, but this was instantaneous. And uh, I, what I was worried about was that I wouldn't, I wouldn't be able to clean myself properly because you're, you're, you're trying to get out of the cold water immediately. And I didn't even, I always thought that warm water was also good for your skin and for your head and whatnot. Um, but no, actually, not really a difference. Um, so, so that's good. And then later on in research, I, I, I saw that uh, uh, warm water and hot water can actually um, wash off uh, uh, some of the like, natural oils that you have on your skin and, and on your head. So cold water actually doesn't do that. So it, for the overall balance of your skin, it, it seems to be better. But the, the thing that struck me was like, a, like right there in the, the second time I did that, I, um, I also experienced the benefits. And, and they were long-lasting. And so <laughs> I continued to take these cold showers. Um, on Saturday, I took even two cold showers, one in the morning after uh, my my training my running training which of course is actually the best moment to take a cold shower because then i come back i'm super warm and we've been running for about an hour and a half high intensity so my heart is still beating and then i always get home on my bike i try to kind of keep a good pace so i get home i'm warm i'm <laughs> like steaming of energy you step under the cold water and it actually is nice because it cools you off, cools you down. Um, and then in the afternoon, I, um, I, I think, what did I do? I 
for some reason or another, I, I, I needed to take a second shower. Oh, no, I know already. I'm, com- I'm confused. This was on Sunday. And so I took a cold shower in the morning, and then the second shower was... I, I went for another run it, without my running group in the afternoon, and after that I took a cold shower. And that one was, was, was really nice. And so this morning, same thing, cold shower. And this time... I was able to to uh, stay put for more than two minutes, and it's so funny that if you focus on your breathing, the pain goes away, but the effects last. And um, so I looked into what are these effects and how does science explain what I just feel happens afterwards? And, um, and this is still relatively new research. Um, but it's been conducted uh, in, in, in many places right now. And the overall current idea is, because there's still a lot of, lots of research that needs to continue, but the overall idea is that um, uh, the, the cold water does a number of things. First of all, it uh, suddenly raises your blood pressure, your uh, uh, circulation. Um, it... Uh, motivates the brain to release endorphins and the endorphins are actually what makes they make you feel good afterwards and that release of endorphins continues to go on for several hours and then that endorphin release endorphins is the kind of the happiness chemical right that's that's why i think i felt so good afterwards i was like wow <laughs> gone is the the foggy morning vibe that I normally have and I was like ready to go and then it apparently also causes a bit of a chain reaction in the release of other positive uh, uh, chemicals and hormones that start to uh, to work and it does reduce the stress hormone which is it cortisol I'm not an expert but anyway it, it so it lowers stress and it has uh, research has shown that for people that struggle with like feelings of, of maybe not like s- severe depression but that may feel a bit down a bit blue um, cold showers seem to have a very strong mood uh, mood strengthening effect now of course um, I'm not sure about all that uh, since I'm not a scientist and I haven't really done um, more than, than reading through a couple of these articles. Um, and then the other thing is that uh, in, in a lot of the research that they have conducted over the past two years, they have been able to show that people that started their day with a cold shower of about two minutes, that seems to be the minimum, um, they actually had reduced chances of getting sick. And they could measure that scientifically by by measuring the number of infectants. I'm not sure if that's the word in English. But um, it it does really seem to help against infection types of diseases. Um, And they were um, using Parkinson's disease as an example and arthritis. So patients that suffer from that seem to benefit greatly from having cold showers or ice baths or anything that may be a little bit too extreme for most people but cold shower that's feasible and um, 
and, and they noticed that about, uh, they had a control group and a regular group. And uh, the people that were in the cold water group had 30% less, um, uh, how would you say, occurrence of them calling in sick. So that doesn't say if they were really if if they were really healthier, but at least they didn't call in sick, which for for companies, of course, is a is quite a quite a thing. If your employees, if there's a thirty percent difference between people that call in sick or and and if cold showers can prevent your employees from doing that, then hmm, that's definitely warrants some more research. So anyway, I'm just I'm again I'm not a scientist, I'm not a physician, but I do notice. A distinct difference that I did not expect and the last effect that I've noticed is it also um, makes me feel much war- more warmer during the day even though the temperatures in the house are, are kind of low um, I, I noticed the difference now that I'm taking these cold showers that I'm much more tolerant against the cold than I used to be because it of course changes your overall uh, blood pressure and uh, and and blood circ- it improves the blood circ- circulation, which oftentimes is uh, is very influential on how you experience the temp- the ambient temperature. So simple experiment. I thought, hey, that that's something I want to share with you, and um, and so far so good. I um, I have proposed some some solutions to the parish well maybe we can just get rid of that water boiler altogether and maybe in install this was a suggestion from one of you install uh like a streaming boiler where basically the water is heated right there on the spot um through electricity and you only heat the water you actually need at that very moment um so that that may be the best solution uh and a long-term solution would be maybe to Get get solar uh, solar cells on the on the roof, but something tells me that that is going to uh, take another year at least before we can start to think about that because all these these energy saving um, uh, implementations uh, right now are everybody does it right now. Everybody is struggling with energy costs, and so more and more, more people. Uh, there's a huge demand for solar cells, for um, uh, alternative forms of energy. And so, obviously, we're, we're kind of trying to catch up with something that we should have done years ago. But better late than never, I, I would say. So, um, so that's, that's uh, on the health side of things. Um, on the, you could say, work side of things. Um, also, really making good progress. Um, as I've shared before, I'm going to uh, close the umbrella because it's hardly raining anymore. Uh, I was um, uh, discussing the necessity, or the, the let's say the the need for this online mass with uh, the community, and most people said, "Yeah, well, it's okay. You can you can let it go." Um, it was it, it, there's a nice community aspect of it, and people really like to get get together once a week to to share their thoughts, not just on TV shows and entertainment and computer games, but uh, more on a spiritual level to be able to pray for one another. So that was more important than that. It was just 
a mass because if you want to go to mass right now, um, at least in, in most cases, people are able to, uh, to join their local communities. So I uh, decided to, uh, to halt the, the online mass and, and maybe things will change. Uh, they're already talking here about another COVID wave and that may not be, just be here in the Netherlands. So we'll see. There's always an ability. Oh, wait a minute. Does this path continue or is this just leading me to this house? It looks as if this is the end of the road. It is. Okay, well, interesting. They might want to indicate that at the beginning of the road. <laughs> but, uh, oh, well, I'll just walk back. I've never seen these farms. This is beautiful. I'm, so I'm on, on the top of a hill. I'm looking down the valley uh, below. I can see the, the bigger buildings of Wageningen, which is Father Henry's... Uh, uh, Place and uh, the university buildings because there's the big campuses right over there at, on the other end of the this big meadow and then there are horses beautiful golden trees right now it's the perfect time of autumn all the leaves are are now well decaying you're looking at decay but it looks really pretty I have to say and then on the sides of this uh, uh, all this, this this green grass there are some gorgeous um, uh, buildings like this this house here uh, it's a built a bit like a farm it's got a straw roof um, and they made these like circular forms above the windows it looks very much like something out of the shire um, probably not a very cheap house though <laughs> and judging from the cars that are parked here yeah they they can afford this <laughs> um, so the, this past Sunday, I actually got to experience a bit of, of Sunday rest. I had Mass in the parish in the morning, of course, so I could stay a little bit longer, talk, have some pastoral conversations with people. And then I went home and I knew this, okay, now Sunday has started, I can take it easy. And I don't have that ticking clock like, oh, but remember you have to go live, five o'clock, get everything ready. Um... And it was a game changer. And you know how I noticed this? It's so funny when I realized this. I was whistling. So I'm walking through the house in the afternoon and I'm constantly whistling. And at one point I was like, hey, dude, you're whistling. Whistling, I, you have to know, as a child, I was the top whistler of the country almost. <laughs> no, I'm just exaggerating, but I was always whistling. It sometimes drove my brother and sister mad. It's like, stop whistling. We're trying to make our, do our homework. And I wasn't usually aware that I was whistling. But every time I was in a good mood, especially when I was in a creative zone, I would whistle. Whistle while, while I worked. And that was always an indication that I felt at ease. Because when you're stressed, when you're worried, uh, when you're under pressure, that's the first thing that goes, at least in my life. And so I, I, I stopped myself. I was like, dude, you're whistling. I never, I don't remember ever whistling like that in, in my house. At least not since I moved. And I, I knew that, that it was because I, I, I just, I felt at peace. And, and, uh, and, and that was a huge difference. Uh, and sometimes you just have to experience it and then you realize well wait a minute this is 
definitely a good decision, which I was still a bit worried about because, of course, I know that um, the the mass was a was a way to be close spiritually to to my um, community, which I can't always do in the same way when I'm doing my Star Wars commentary or I make my anime TikToks. Let me just go to the left here. I'm stay on the road because the sides where you normally where you'd normally walk it's all kind of muddy and uh, covered in decaying leaves um so uh, in the morning uh i i i also caught myself still pondering about alternatives other things that i kept like maybe i should post uh uh my my like a abbreviated version of my sunday homily in english uh, and I was like, yeah, but then I need to come up with another geeky illustration. And, and, and again, I had to stop myself because I knew, I felt that the moment I started to think about compensating for not doing mass, I was actually doing something that against which my community was warning me. So a number of people, both on Patreon and on the Discord server, told me like, don't you go replace this immediately with something else because that will negate the effect that we want this to have and that is that you have a little bit more peace in your life and less pressure especially on a Sunday it's kind of a recovery day and so I, I did not post anything I did not write anything I did not record anything and I was proud of myself <laughs> yes I am because what I do is I trust I trust that this is enough and and I, I like that people actually express how valuable for them this whole kind of spiritual aspect of the community is. And maybe we can come up with something to, um, to help with that. But maybe not necessarily something that I have to add to my workload. Um, so that felt good. I was, I was proud of myself, which sounds a bit uh, weird. But sometimes I have to pat myself on the back because, well, I live alone. <laughs> and I have loving people around me in the parish and I've got really great colleagues but almost no one kind of knows what I do what, what, my, what my life looks like um, and so sometimes I have to encourage myself a little bit <laughs> like yeah this, this feels right and I think this is a good decision proof I'm whistling again and I haven't done that in a long time so um, that's good and then I think the, the other reason that I felt so kind of relaxed on Sunday was that this past week I had a meeting that was really bothering me, um, at least beforehand. I was stressed about it and uh, worried and a bit anxious even. And that was my meeting um, with my, uh, the people that work for, for the broadcasting organization. That, I, that I've worked for for many, many years. And they invited me to come talk and see if there are maybe new ways in which we can set up a form of collaboration. And I was nervous about that. And I even dreamt about it several times because it, it kind of felt, and this is a very kind of primal thing, I guess, um, that it was a moment where I had to show to them that... I was still worthy, which is ridiculous, of course, because I, I don't work for them. But it's, I think it is somewhere in the back of my mind 
the fact that they didn't want to continue with the television show felt a bit like, you're not good enough anymore. You know, <laughs> we're no longer interested. And I know that that was not the reason at all. In fact, they really wanted to somehow continue the collaboration. There were other, mostly financial and organizational reasons why they didn't want to continue that particular television show. Um, and so, but in, in your experience, there's immediately this trigger to which I react, I think, with a kind of a schematic way. It's like, oh, I need to prove that I'm good enough. And so for days and days, I was like, but should I maybe um, edit a documentary or at least a trailer or something like that? And I decided against it every time. I was like, no, that's just your fear. This is just this, this very deep, maybe it's even part of uh, uh, an old childhood trauma that is being triggered, but don't fall for it. Don't do it. Just go talk. Let, let's listen. Let's see what they, what they want. If they have specific ideas, I know what I would like to do. I have some ideas about that, but I'm also very realistic. And uh, definitely strengthened by um, the uh, advisory board that uh, th my own board told me don't commit to anything because we want to do that as an organization. Don't feel that you have to negotiate anything. Just go and listen and talk about what you are doing, what would you would like to do, and then get back to us and we'll think about it together. And so that really felt like a huge support, like a, um, they, they have my back. And, but that's on an intellectual level, of course. It didn't really totally remove that feeling of anxiety that I somehow had to uh, perform. <laughs> oh, just the idea that, that the, the, this meeting would, should have a good outcome. There should be perspective. Um, even that, I, I knew intellectually that was crazy. But um, <laughs> tell that to your heart. So I, I was super relieved that the meeting obviously went very well. It was a very, very nice, friendly, constructive meeting where they told me about what they are planning for next year. And uh, again, reaffirming that the fact that they, want, they stopped the television show had nothing to do with me. <laughs> really nothing. And absolutely, certainly had nothing to do with the program not being up to their standards or anything. Absolutely not. The, the, the opposite. And so they, they, they talked about certain ways in which maybe we could continue the collaboration. Um, but they also asked me, so what, what are you doing? What, how, do you have some ideas? And so I kind of pitched to them the, the, these, these ideas. But, well, the two programs that I would love to have the budget for, um, but I don't, at least not right now. And that is to create that um, travel series where I explore um, our, our, our European heritage. I, I go and, and have these, these adventures almost where I try to find where faith has motivated people in the past to, to transform the world in which they live, how to make it better, how, to, how faith has impacted culture and has led people to make the most amazing, wonderful, creative things. And then learn from that for our times. Is that, is, can, we, can history teach us um, 
what faith can mean in our times because we're struggling with that let's be honest and so i i a very specific example of that would of course be what i filmed in italy this past summer where it's just just all these wonderful stories about saints and artists and uh and 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 to see how much faith even up until today um plays a major role in bringing people together and uh i filmed in in spain I've got great footage, which has nothing to do with Star Wars, but I loved the interviews that I did with Margie and, and, uh, and Rob about, uh, about their life, about their, their background, uh, about the, the parish life in the United States, the, how, how the Chinese ancestry of, of Margie and the, the American kind of flavor of Catholicism, how that comes together and uh, I, I think that those are stories really that I would love to to tell and it's I know that from a quality point of view it's it's fantastic I love what I filmed and uh, I just need to get into the kitchen with the ingredients and cook up the final meal so I pitched that and then I also talked about this this maybe even more important project which is to create a documentary series about uh, how faith is um, is re-emerging in our popular culture and, and that's based on something that I believe very strongly and that is that the roots the Christian roots of our Western societies and this is just my kind of my area of expertise but I'm pretty sure that that is the case also when it comes to other cultures, but how these religious roots that have been so important for people throughout the ages, it's not gone. So I really don't think that the times in which we live are... Um, I'm going to... Uh, I've just crossed the road and I'm going to enter the woods. And I just hope it's not going to be too too muddy here, but I just want to be in the, in the forest. <laughs> So uh, these, these roots are not going to be replaced by atheism because mankind is incurably religious. And so if our, our current churches and Christian um, organizations or the forms that we have right now may not connect immediately to younger people, it doesn't negate the fact that they need a place to express these religious feelings and the ideals that are so connected with them. And so that's why when you go to a Star Wars celebration, like I did, or you go to a fantasy festival, you see so many ritual elements. You see so much kindness and connection and creativity. Things that were in the past often... Uh, part of, of church life. Church life faith has never just been about ideas or theology. It's, it's always been this living, breathing thing where, where people um, want to express what faith means to them and how it inspires them in, in collaborating together. Oops, it's starting to get very wet. I'm so glad I have this umbrella with me because I'm walking under the, the trees here. And of course the leaves are, are, are gathering the water so you get these very 
thick drops of, of cold water. And uh, even though I like to take cold showers in the morning, rather not when I'm recording a podcast. <laughs> All right. Still not really coming across too much mud so far. Let me just go to this, this path covered in sand. This is for the horses. So we've got uh, different types of itineraries through these woods uh, for, for uh, pedestrians and also for horses. And uh, maybe one day I'll, uh, I'll learn how to ride a horse because I, I wouldn't mind going on a tour with a horse through these woods. It's on my list. It's not urgent, but it would be nice, maybe one day. Um, so the, 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 that would be the premise of this, this documentary series, where I explore how religion and, the, and, and ideals and creativity expresses itself in new ways that may also be inspiring for the old structures, for kind of the current... Uh, church or churches but but the the, the thing would not be um, or the idea of the series would not be a little let us let us see where Christianity went and then see how we can co co-opt that in some way or another but but I'm just curious where where does that religious uh, sens sensibility that we all have where does it express itself and I think there is there's ample evidence in what I've filmed so far in the interviews that I've had that a lot of that Christian inspiration is, is still there. It's, it's alive and well. You just have to look for it in outside of the church. Or outside, and, and then by that I mean the church building. But it's right there. And oftentimes it's even labeled by the people that I interview as Christian inspiration. As part, it's part of their faith. And they bring it into these, these fan worlds and these fantasy worlds. So anyway, I think it could be a very compelling series. Harder to make, of course, because it's not linear. You have to kind of gather the information and the interviews and then reflect on that. And, so, and, and then, of course, that also has to somehow be edited in a, in a compelling way that is fun to watch. Uh, so that is, is definitely a bigger project. And, and they were also interested in that. They said, well, that is something that we may have to pitch to the our higher ups you know this is maybe something that is more important to um to take to use that as a separate project and uh and do a different pitch so we uh of course all of that it's kind of like i had a very good feeling uh that that, that the ideas that i had uh were were very welcome and um and there will be a follow-up so after that i was so I don't know, I felt so good. <laughs> yeah. It was such a nice affirmation that, uh, that the stories that I, that I see and that I witness and film, those are stories that actually could really find its audience on, on TV. But at the same time, I didn't commit to anything. There's no pressure. There's no haste. And, and that too, I'm very happy about because I want to focus first on, let's say, the, the foundation of all this. If I go back to television production and I want the, the rest of my life to, to be solid. This lady is calling her dog because they are going for a walk in the woods. 
the dog apparently wants to go back to the village. <laughs> Maybe dogs too. <laughs> think it's a bit too wet to go for a walk? I don't know. Dogs usually kind of like mud. And <laughs> I was reading this book from a biologist uh, on, on Sunday. And uh, he said, you know, what? according to him, and he was half joking, one of the things, one of the reasons that people have dogs is that they, their whole life, their own life is so um, bound by all sorts of social conventions, about things you can and can't do, but the dog doesn't have those rules, doesn't have to follow those rules. So if you have a dog that, that loves to run around in the mud and get all dirty and then barks at everything and then hunts, it's kind of a like wish fulfillment for the owner who cannot do that in his or her own life. I thought it was an interesting theory. I'm not sure if it's correct, but it was funny. So, um, the, getting back to uh, what, I'm what I currently want to do, we're now in the, in the final quarter of the year, um, and I think I've, I've made great progress in, uh, in, in refocusing my energy on the things that really change people's lives. Uh, I've started to do the live shows, finally, or the live chat hours on, uh, on weekdays. Uh, so I do that at 5 Central European time. And the first few were nice. Really enjoyed doing a big Andorra review. Uh, went th uh, so I did two sessions where I went through all six episodes that are currently out as of the time of this recording. And then I... So that was the live thing. Uh, what I didn't find time for was to cut it up into separate videos. That's still on my list, but... The first thing I want to do is, again, establish a routine. Make sure that I'm de dependable, I'm always there um, for one hour of chat. What I hope to do is to alternate that a bit between anime and uh, Star Wars, uh, maybe other movies as well, Lego, and just general chat. And maybe even in that lineup, we can also have a spiritual hour, or maybe once a week. We'll come together with a community and talk about Sunday readings. It's just an idea. I don't know if it's if it would work, if there would be an audience for that, uh, because it also has to. You always have to weigh. Ah, oh, look at those gorgeous plants here. Huge bushes that are completely like this beautifully purple red leaves now in the fall. God, oh, I love color, <laughs> especially when it's in nature like this. Absolutely gorgeous. So um, one of the one of the things I want to do always is to weigh the um, the effectiveness of what I do because I want to make sure that I put my energy there where it really counts. But the first important, the most important thing for me is to get that stable habit of always being there on a daily basis to connect with my audience and and form community. It's all about relationships. Um, the, the other thing that I did was on the basis of that, uh, so I did the, the, the review, I then sat down and I created the Story Secrets podcast. So I took parts of the, of, the, of the live stream, not everything. I added audio fragments, I cleaned it up, I, I, it, and uh, shortened it. That was very important. And I think the results are, are really nice. I'm very happy with the first 
uh, episode that I did. And, and so that gave me also um, a good uh, workflow to go from live to something that is more specifically audio for the patrons. And uh, yeah, I, I really like that kind of workflow. It, it really uh, does two things. It, 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 it creates a, a, or it forms, because we're still beginning, it forms a new community or a bigger community. And then it also caters to the, the supporters that get something that's much more tailor-made nicer to listen to plus it's audio instead of video which for most of my podcast listeners is 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 the way to consume my content it's just do audio but do it nicely do it well and hopefully that is the result uh, of, of my labor and it also allows me to be uh, more consistent with uh, with that flagship podcast so I'm, I'm generally pretty happy with how that turned out. I wonder if I can turn to the left here. Huh, this, this entire street, this neighborhood, the street is red. And that's funny because red indicates that, uh, it's usually the color we use for bike lanes. So what I think is that this neighborhood is bikes first. And so cars are still allowed to come here, but they always have to give uh, priority to the bike so if someone is like older people are biking here in the middle of the road the car cannot honk or try to uh, go past them at high speed this is they are the guests here because this neighborhood belongs to the bikes interesting how color coding kind of sh tells you that without having to put signs up um where does this lead me interesting this whole neighborhood has names I think of the royal family interesting like the children of the royal family which is kind of weird because these streets this neighborhood is uh, from the 60s I think 70s last century so a number of these princes and princesses mostly princesses there are lots of women in the royal the Dutch royal family they're they're very old or deceased now <laughs> interesting this is a Protestant, kind of a, this village used to be uh, mostly Protestant and there's always been a very strong connection between the Protestant church in the Netherlands and the royal family. Um, much less so in the relationship to the Catholics because of course the royal family has played a pretty important role in establishing Protestantism as a, the major religion, at least the official one in the Netherlands. Although I don't, don't, don't think it ever was like the official state religion because we have separation of church and state. But uh, there were definitely benefits of being a Protestant for, for a while. <laughs> hey, doggy. Hey. What? Yeah. Hello. He's just curious. Hello. Yeah, what is that? What is that? He's just looking suspiciously at my microphone. <laughs> As do all dogs. <laughs> this windshield, really. Maybe I should get a different color windshield so it looks more like a, a dog puppy. <laughs> Maybe they'll, they'll be a bit less um, hostile. I don't know. What time are we? We're at 51 minutes, so we, we need to start wrapping up. Um, so, and then tonight we'll have our, our monthly board meeting. So we'll talk a little bit more about, uh, already about next year. So usually around this time we start to make plans for next year 
Um, and if there's one thing that is going to be different from this year is that this, this clearly was a year of transition. Um, uh, we, are, we, 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 we managed, I think, to find a new focus with the, the whole TikTok endeavor. Um, and I, I do believe that I have a much clearer vision of what my audience wants and what the community wants. And I've, I've come to terms with uh, maybe the inhibitors, at least part of my inhibitors, that were preventing me from, from gaining that focus. And that's an, a work in progress, of course. I love a meeting with, uh, with Cliff Ravenscraft uh, also this week. Talk a bit more about the kind of the, the, the bigger stakes, I would say, and maybe solutions and, and, and ideas that he has as a follow-up to, to the feedback that I uh, discussed a while ago. So I'm really eager to, uh, to uh, get a bit of coaching from, from Cliff. And so that's going well. What else do I have? Oh, and I've got to go see my doctor. <laughs> Nothing serious, but as I mentioned last week, I still have these relapses into... Um, exhaustion where I'm just so tired and I thought I had solved it by changing my diet but last week I, I had another two days where I was so incredibly tired um, so I, I decided to just go have an appointment make an appointment with my physician and we'll determine what they want to measure um, so I'm gonna do a, a blood uh, what is it? We'll just do a sample of my blood and see if it's uh, vitamin D or B12 or something else. We'll just uh, try to rule out what... It, and it could just be what is also totally possible. It's still kind of one of those long COVID things that are very hard to <laughs> to to remedy. But measuring is always the first thing you have to do. And then we'll see uh, how it goes from there. So far, so good, though. And maybe uh, uh, taking these cold showers in the morning will already provide me with enough energy, at least for half of the day, <laughs> to get things done. So I'm, I'm, I'm good. I'm, I'm really enjoying. That's, that's the one thing. If there's one final conclusion after everything I shared today with you is I, I am just very much at peace with the, the decisions that I made and the changes. Um, and I feel really content, happy. Uh, I enjoy doing what I do. And a lot of the anxiety seems to have subsided so far. <laughs> I know it's not a, a given that that will always be like that. But I've learned some important les lessons over the past few weeks. And I also have to thank you as my community uh, for that. Because you've given me so much advice and so much information as to what is important to you and how much you care about also my well-being. And that is just great. It's so important for, uh, for someone who still works in a field where the church often is absent and, and not really interested even in, in what I do. So having a community that helps me to discern and to guide me is vital and extremely precious so thank you so much for all that feedback for your prayers also uh for your uh, your ideas and suggestions and keep on sending them my way uh, thanks and talk to you next time god bless <laughs>